Hey everyone, I'm Jordan from New St. Andrews College. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our upcoming prospective student weekends. We have one on March 2nd and 3rd, and another from April 13th to 16th. To learn more and to register your visit, check us out online at nsa.edu. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And today we meet in my car. Yeah, so I don't there's, have my trusty seat eater. There's no salad on the floor, but we could make fun of <laughs> no, what we do both, have in the car. It's freezing cold outside. We're sitting here <laughs> with our slippy, loud parkas mm-hmm. on. <laughs> so Here, run in place. Now you know you have that baseline of what is happening in here. If you hear the crinkle in the distance. Then you'll know. I just told Becca that we were cleaning up our house today and our back door had all these little dog smudges on it. So Chloe sprayed it with Windex and the Windex just froze on the door. (laughs) So now we have a big blat of frozen Mm -hmm. Windex stuck Mm -hmm. to the door. I'm actually a little worried because we just got a hardcore like freeze and it happened after so many weeks of kind of mellow weather. I think it does this this kind no, of thing like, a lot. Rach, here. I have like tulip bulbs that are like four inches up. A lot of people do though. Ours are too. And I, I think it happens like this all the time. I don't know. I'm I, just saying I think it tricked the buds into kind of coming onto the trees and then if it freezes it's gonna freeze them all. But off. like we've lived here for a long time and I've never seen a spring where nothing happened because it froze. Have I talked about though my pear tree drama? Because I've had these, <laughs> I've had these two pear trees now for like I don't know four summers. Maybe? I don't think you have talked about it, but please, please now oh, tell us yeah. about your pear tree Fraught drama with interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we could post a um, like a dry erase board <laughs> shot of what year by year how has this drama developed? Oh, no, but I just mean like you know the first when you first plant them, you're not going to get a big harvest out of yeah, it and I think no. I had one pair you know like yeah. one little pair between the two trees the next year I was like oh ta-da there we go we had a nice little gathering of pears then the next year one of them nothing not a single it didn't even blossom mm. and I went and spoke with the people at the nursery about it and they said we had had one weird late frost which if the buds had come out you know like if they'd started wow. to come then it froze them and because they weren't cross-pollinating that meant the other pear tree got one one little pear and then the wind blew it off it was very sad (laughs) (laughs) this year i expect big things also i i planted a fig tree last year despite the dark warnings from the man at the nursery i couldn't figure out why they were selling it though because, I mean, we're in North Idaho, so you wouldn't think a fig tree would have any real chance of success. But there they were. And it was called the Chicago fig that's supposed to be hardy down, yeah. well, in Chicago. And I figure if a fig tree can muscle it through in Chicago. I would think it could surely do it here. Surely it can yeah. do it here. And the guy at the nursery was like, no, you're not going to be able to grow this. And I'm thinking, well, why do you have it, for heaven's sakes? <laughs> and I went and looked it up. And I, anyway, I risked it. I planted it. So we'll see. We shall see. Stand by for. Yeah. I might be out there with a, like a hair dryer on it. Later. To, 
Today, I need a new blow dryer, and I was at Marshall's, and I thought, I'll check if there's any on clearance, because why are blow dryers so expensive? They're either like $4.99, or they're like $98. But I have another question about hair dryers. Okay, well, I'll tell you that I was looking at one that was on clearance. I will make an observation. Well, I thought I I was looking at one that was on clearance. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, why is this look like such a weird blow dryer <laughs> and it's $98 but then I saw it was a spray tanner <laughs> I thought well that would be a treat if I moved into home spray tanning that would really do us all a favor alright so That'd be really good. go no, ahead what's your my, blow dryer this question this is my question for the universe why is it that when you stay in a hotel the shampoo is always terrible like universally terrible, you can't get it to suds at all. But the the um, I don't think of it. The sh- I don't think it doesn't suds. I feel like yeah, if you, it's just if kind you're of like, driven to such lengths that you have to use that. Yeah, it it is like all the skin that came into contact with it shrinks a lot. You get no, really that's dry. Not, no, like you think it's like an ivory soap bar that you're putting. No, yeah, I. It's just like nothing happens when you use the shampoo. <laughs> okay. But. Now that, you know, the airlines have gotten so stingy about our liquids, you know, it's like, do you want to yeah. pack a hairspray or do you want to pack a shampoo? You know, and it's, it's like, if you hard know times. there's going to be a shampoo in the hotel, then you can skip that liquid. But they're universally horrible. But the hair dryers are always like three times better than your home one. Oh, why? I think it's because it's damaging your hair and it doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's like it just is like it's sticking like your a, head in a major fu- like, <laughs> it's like gets it done. It's really like fast. a great roar, and then yeah. suddenly your hair is dry, like, and you're oh, like, magic. "Why can't I invest?" I'm in pretty one of sure these? we would all be big frizzle heads if we were using <laughs> those every day. <laughs> I don't know because yeah. I'm growing my hair out again. For I mean, it's like a constant battle. But anyway. I'm growing it out and I'm starting to remember what a pain in the neck it is to dry my hair because it's like 20 minutes to get the stupid thing to dry. So I had something that I thought that we should talk about. Good. We might not have very much to say about it, but Mm. I still... Probably more than we have to say about hair dryers. Oh, we could keep going on that. I don't know. We could just muse indefinitely on the hair dryers. (laughs) So, um, once recently someone sent me, I think it was my sister-in-law sent me that I see them come around periodically. The 50s, the tips for a 50s wife. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it's like, try to have the children looking clean before your husband comes home. And it's like, he... Put on a fresh apron and... Put on... Look look pretty. Comb your hair. Get your lipstick on. Dust everything and get his slippers Have out. his slippers ready. Make sure he has, you know, 20 minutes of quiet after he gets home mm-hmm. and... And it's a lot of stuff that is, seems to be for high achieving women of the fifties where it was like, wow, because it's a little dismal. yeah, it's like a, it, it is, but it's, but it's like a lot of, um, the thing that I just think is interesting about it is it's a list of things that if you read it as requirements, it's like horrible bondage. Like, well, it also was kind of like. But you know what I'm saying. Like, you read it like you have to do all of this because you're the slave and you have to have a no, pretty lipstick just, on and you have to do this. It's not the slave. It's just they had such a low view of women. Like, But I'm not talking. Let me get to that before we get 
there. I'm, I don't think I don't think that that is a low view of women. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'm it trying to say. Certainly got there. This was shared upon the interwebs, Facebook probably. So what I see on this little thing is like thousands of comments. And if you look at the tone of the comments, mm. you think, oh, I can imagine. So all of, of you the are the worst person to be married to ever. Because like, if oh, you yeah. read this list, it's like a suggestion for overachieving women of the fifties, overachieving in one particular way, not in all of the ways, just, just like, here's a precision housewife of the 50s mm -hmm. then the comments are all these people being like ha I blow my nose on my husband <laughs> as though I would ever do more for him than that he doesn't deserve it I throw something at him when he comes home yeah no it's just like just to if he thinks I'm gonna make him dinner he has something coming and you're like oh my word and then and then people tons of the comments were like snark fests about that's why he's my ex now like like oh yeah really and the response like, well, was you amazing sure showed those 50s yeah you just... sure showed those 50s ladies how to have a happier life <laughs> like they're doing the I spit upon his grave moves about your husband and it's like so uh, like I, I have issues and concerns with the with the 50s version like there I'm not like I don't feel like this is it this yeah. is golden no. but at least it had the dignity of of aiming for <laughs> harmony yeah. in the home yeah. and and things like your husband enjoys seeing his children well cared for and right. whatever. And you're like, well, I am a, I'm a far cry away from that list of achievements. When Luke mm -hmm. comes home, I think I was, I, mean, not what I he haven't gets. looked at that particular list, but I've seen enough of them that it's kind of like, don't talk to him about work. Sort of like, don't worry your pretty little head about that. And he's, he doesn't want to have to talk to you about it. So just make bright cheery conversation about trite nothings you know it's like yeah mm. I think this this particular one was more on the like don't dump all your problems on him as soon as he yeah, comes but home see, and lots of those things are like actually if you like you're saying if you view them as your to-do list it's miserable it's, it's, it's horrible but if you take anything like let's say that you're planning a fun Christmas surprise for your husband if you take a, that fun Christmas surprise that you would actually be really excited to give him, but you turn it into a checklist of to-dos... No, they're like three weeks no before Christmas. Get all of these... Like, if you said... If you put everything... Instead of a, I get to do this fun thing for someone. Yeah, it is because like, I love him. Here's because, what you have to do. Yeah. Or you think about, like, a kid's birthday party. Like... You have to go buy assorted sprinkles. First, you have to study what they would be interested study in. Study them. And then ask them what they would prefer you make them for their dinner. And then do the appropriate shopping for that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think Rachel's car just ran out of gas right here in the, in the stationary place. Did it I run know, out of I gas? I think it probably did. Because I was like, we, we <laughs> Are we going to have to like roll the car down the hill? 
No, we couldn't even get to a gas station. We're going to have to call. We're going to have to call for reinforcement. Because we could roll our way down to Goodwill and then siphon <laughs> some gas off of someone. <laughs> There's a cop down there. I see a cop. Mm, we, we might get arrested. Down. Anyways, we'll deal with that trouble yeah. when we get there. But the... Basically, when we start to get cold. That's when I envision I know. It. So, um, anyways, my point was just that the difference between a get-to and a got-to is profound. Like, mm-hmm. looking at your duties yeah. as things that you get to do to bless your family. And you get to be the person who gives them this kindness and this joy and this whatever. Yeah. Is very, very um, different than being the person who's like, I have to do all of this yeah, for them. Yeah, but to be fair, when you script something that that often is more spontaneous and done out of love, when you do script it and turn it into a list, you are kind of asking for people to respond badly. Yeah, I agree. Although I do think some of those, I don't know if they're, if they're actually... Uh, historic things. No, and and to be honest, I think a lot of them are totally made up. Like, somebody remembered having seen one of those lists one time, so they made up their own version of it, um, just to make the 50s ones look terrible. You know, but I know that it was like in home ec textbooks, that kind of thing. You can find some of these little lists, but they, um, yeah, if you put it in the wrong context, they really are kind of terrible about women. But if you if you were to be thinking, like, what's something that you could do that would be kind to your husband? You know. Well, one thing that would be kind for your husband is if you text him, uh-huh. ran out of gas by Goodwill while podcasting. <laughs> That's one of the ways I like to bless my we husband. Do. Just as a little this, sweet surprise. Um, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad that you're going to try and, like, referee this situation on the podcast. Well, I actually was thinking, what if we are getting cold? What if we need we to? Will. Well, we yeah, we're gonna cold. have to get we're cold. Have to step out. It's into like the a survivalist blizzard. moment it up is. here. It is. Yeah. So no, that was a thing that I just was on my mind that when you see those things, and it's not that I'm not really interested in in side by siding what women of the '50s were doing with what we're doing, but I am disgusted by the ricochet response. The oh, like, so funny. Where it's like, what? You think you should look cute? (laughs) You know what I do? I intentionally look my worst for when my husband comes home. (laughs) And that's why we have not been married. It's for sure that the women of today, with their sort of thuggish snarls, are not... Isn't that like a new feminist wave to, like, be ugly and hideous? Yeah, like those Mm -hmm. little groups that, you know, I'm ugly and obscene or whatever. Or fat and and ugly. ugly. What is it? They have some little slogan, like, I'm fat and... I don't know. Dastardly. (laughs) And I spit. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's like I'm fat and ugly and not apologizing to anyone for that because it's my favorite. (laughs) You know what I mean? There was a thing yeah. at U of I about it. Now mm-hmm. I can't remember. But there no, were, that's what I'm trying to remember, There too. were signs around the town, like, inviting us to some fat and ugly women's event yeah, to no, show how powerful that. we are. Yeah, right. like, no, they weren't They weren't hiding that. No. That wasn't... Don't hide your light under a bushel. No, but instead... Just instead, really your shine. barbaric yop into the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
that what else? No, that's you... Walt Whitman. Oh, right, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just read I just read a Woodhouse recently that I I just happened upon a paperback that I had not was it it wasn't one of his best I think it was Return of Jeeves or something okay. it just was it was fine it was Woodhouse but yeah. it was not one of the real zingers still I got so tickled by his somebody and it's getting nostalgic for the times when butlers were really butlers and he was like how he remembered. In his youth before the war, <laughs> when the butlers were all weighing in at 250 pounds on the hoof. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's just so good. Yeah, he's that's so, awesome. Oh, it's good. But anyways, that wasn't his best one. And now I need to read one of his best ones. Because, like, blandings are always impossibly I'm good. Right now I'm reading Leave it to Smith, which I think I've recommended before. But I'm reading it because... I am doing a honors class for my Brit Lit where we just work our way through some of the Woodhouse, but basically tracking down all of his quotes because it's just constant, constant, constant quotes. So I'm going through it on my Kindle. He does. He the one that I know from him is the the lark is on its wing, the snail is on its thorn. God it is is in his heaven and all and is well with right the world, with or the all world. is right with the world. But yeah. I know that quote, that famous poetry quote, from having run mm-hmm. into it so many times in yeah. Woodhouse. The embarrassing part was when I would recognize things in the Bible. The Bible because of Woodhouse. Because he's big. Well, the only reason we all know Jail was the wife of Heber is oh, yeah. because of Woodhouse. Because oh, yeah. you know Jail, but he would always say Jail, jail the, the wife, wife of Heber. Heber. Well, I'm tracking down all of these quotes right now, and I'm doing it on my Kindle so that I can just have the notes permanently in my how clever you know, of you version of it. So I am working through Leave It to Smith, and although it is one of my faves, I have not read it in a long time. Yeah, and it is really isn't a it? Isn't it Leave It to Smith is the one of the ones Woodhouse was successful. It was Smith. Was it Leave It to Smith though? Probably was that when Smith enters as a character, isn't it? Yeah. So. People Woodhouse so. Woodhouse was a talented author, but from what I remember, there were a lot of there's a lot of agreement about what page in what book he found his real muse, and yeah. it is Smith. Is it? It is. Smith? It is the character okay. of Smith being so impossibly funny. Yeah. That it was like I was thinking about that when I was reading him because what he is so clever about is the characters who are so witty because of who he met, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like it's the, the funny personalities who are then funny from a ridiculous position. Uh-huh. Like it's uh-huh. like he has, well, and I think actually if you've read any Woodhouse, he's got different sets of characters and stuff. And of course the birdie and Jeeves ones are famous, but I think the birdie ones are actually kind of genius just because he is narrating first person as birdie. Mm-hmm. And so to be completely, to be like simultaneously narrating the story, but also be such a ninny, like the right. the ninny is the narrator. And so you're That's... like, you're hearing it through his voice, but he manages to do it in a way that you're laughing at the narrator, which is actually a somewhat clever, you know, writing technique. So here we sit in the chill in the cold midwinter. We're still doing pretty good. I sitting think. up on a hill. Yeah. Being glamorous in Idaho. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I should have. Becca should have made fun of what I have in my car because we're not usually in my car. No, we're not usually. I have a Nerf gun on hand in for... case you need it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have that. I have a spool of red raffia 
and yeah. a clip-on tie that mm-hmm. belonged to Moses. Mm-hmm. He sharpie. he Ice layered a sharpie. Yeah, we like to keep those wherever we go so we can just help out. Yeah, and um, it up. Moses had this is a tie that he put on himself. It was a Christmas. I got him a tie for Christmas because he. I mean, mm-hmm. not a to wear Christmassy, but. The other week, we were, like, on our way out to church. I think he found it and put it on because I looked back <laughs> on our way, and there he was with his um, plaid tie on around. Like, he had, like, a flannel shirt and a, <laughs> and a sweatshirt and then a tie. And it's like, oh, dear. But he kills me right now. When he goes to bed, he's been he's been keeping a harmonica in his bed. Oh, my word. And when we put him to bed, we hear it's really quite bluesy. It's very... <laughs> and he's in there in the dark <laughs> playing a bluesy harmonica riff while... <laughs> because I did not believe it was him. You know, like I was like, who is doing that? And then kind of some sounds but it of just New so, Orleans. Uh, yes. <laughs> it just it tickles me bedroom. so hard that he's in there in his crib <laughs> with his little blankets and like a stuffed dinosaur. <laughs> just pounding out some blues. <laughs> Uh, it's good, That's but great. he's kind of a, our all-around entertainment. <laughs> I mean, he just—he's just nonstop. That's and he said funny. in church a little while ago there was a song that the choir was singing, and he turns to me and said, "Mama, I don't like this song." <laughs> it's like you know what this needs? A uh, little bluesy harmonica <laughs> needs to come into this. And he's sometimes super godly during church and super pious and praying along and like just right with it. He gets a little charismatic and points out all the people around us and says that they're washed in the blood and whatever. Yeah. But then we get to, he, we get, it's like, he's just suddenly says, I am Batman. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, we lost our spiritual moment here. But he, um. The trouble with that, I think it's interesting, is that he doesn't know anything about Batman or Superman or mm-hmm. Iron Man, and he doesn't need to know anything about them to have his imagination completely, like, it's an remarkable thing about little boys. Like, yeah. that yeah. just the suggestion of Spider-Man is yeah. enough to last them a oh, long yeah. time. Like, oh, yeah. like, oh yeah, that's like, who I, I am. I could go far with this. I know what that's about, but I've never <laughs> seen any of it or anything. I just know, I intuit mm-hmm. that this is for me. Mm-hmm. This is a thing I care about. That is really funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. So, I like that we were, we were kind of beginning to pedal our way up to speed on a topic when we... <laughs> When we, <laughs> when we ran literally out of gas. And figuratively <laughs> ran out of gas. And that, as far as I can tell, killed our train of thought that we were having about 50s housewives. Is that Luke? I think that's... I see Luke in the distance. Turning into Goodwill. Yeah. Should I honk at him? Well, if you really want to add that level to what we're doing. Oh, look, you know, he's going to the back of Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know he doesn't He's have like, he doesn't have oh, his phone. Get up there. He doesn't. Oh, he doesn't have his phone. 
We're going to have to get out and wait. We're here at a vista so we can see if my husband not finding us. <laughs> so I think he's... I, it, is that him? That is him. Oh, he's going to the exit. I thought he was going the wrong way. <laughs> I think he saw us. I think so. He's, Your honk was he's really clever like that. Definitive. Well, I, yeah, he knows which way we are. Do you think we should pause the recording? <laughs> no, why don't we? I just think we should. Luke it's in. just the worst. <laughs> I think he'll have a word for us. Um. <laughs> This is the funniest. We've funniest. had to, we had to call in our extraction team from this <laughs> on this podcast. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to find out we're not really out of gas. Oh, this no. is the engine died. No, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's out snorting. of gas. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey. How are you? Thanks for being the nine one one. Oh my word! Yeah, this has got to be our worst podcast. It is. It is. Oh boy. Oh dairy. Should we just stop the recording here? Yeah, we can. I feel like we've really. So we had to gather our thoughts, and (laughs) we had a hiatus. We're back, but a day late and a dollar short. And well, we're we're now at night in Becca's car on a different day, day. new outfits. You can't believe the sad, dilapidated section we just edited out because... Well, or we were hoping that Jemima's edited Well, when out. I say we edited it out, it still has yet to yeah. be done, but... We gave up on ourselves podcasting. <laughs> it was... I don't it was... think it was like some people who were really bad at ping pong playing ping pong. <laughs> so most of the time was rummaging around in the back of a storage no. closet for the lost ball. Like... <laughs> I I remember a section where Becca said, "Why don't you tell him about your sugar cookies?" And she nope. said, "Because Valentine's Day is coming." And we were like, "Nope, that passed." And, I was like, oh, and then it, it was like already. a long pause before I said something like, "I don't dip them." <laughs> we have. I a, uh. We, I uh, sometimes. Make a frosting. The thing was, I frosted them. You were all with us as we ran out of gas. Yeah. And then as it began to struggle on and we weren't sure where Luke was. I think we must have been on our last leg anyways at that point because (laughs) there was no recovering. We were trying. I was trying to keep the conversation merry and bright. Apparently I wasn't doing my part. Rachel was not. I would be like, so Rachel, so tell me about... She would give me a flat face and she would say... It's my favorite emoticon. The flat face emoticon. I don't make sugar cookies like that. <laughs> the flat face emoticon is my favorite one because it mm. it it speaks to so many different it occasions. Does, it does. It, does. It, it really... But I'm just saying she gave me her real flat face yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that then... That's why I like it. It speaks of a after, face I make. <laughs> then after... We got the gas, and then we went to the gas station, and then we gassed all the way up, and then we tried to go again, and that oh. time, that time, we were, what would you, how would you describe us? I think it was just negligent, <laughs> negligent <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> it was both reckless and negligent, both was, of those things. Nothing about it was okay, so nope. we quit. No, nope. we were we talking quit. about logical fallacies and what was mostly I thought evident 
was that both of us should have brushed up on our <laughs> on our logic on our facts before we We're launched like, that. Uh, why did you offer us to lead a logic lecture, Vega? <laughs> Does no. anyone have the square of opposition on I hand? Think you're getting a phone call now. Oh, that's yeah, that's your phone. No, we didn't. We didn't quite go there. We were kind of hitting some informal fallacies, and I think there's a good lot of stuff to say there. But I think we didn't quite nail that. So I think we should freshen we're gonna up. Save it for another we time. Sometime when we're more spry. Yeah, right now so, we're drinking whew. the evening coffee. Evening coffee. I had left a whole pile of freshmen at my house eating soup and bread and honey butter and snuck out. Although you know what they brought me tonight? What? <gasps> A huge <gasps> industrial rice cooker. Oh, I knew that. I With sent a bow on link. top. I sent Did them you? the link oh, for that. That was sweet of What them. little angels they are. They all came and they brought this giant rice cooker and I'm so pleased. Next That's week pretty, I'll have to make them something with rice involved in it. So, Moses, I have to tell you this because it was tickling me. I'm like, this is why this is an exhausting phase of personhood. Okay. It's an excellent phase. But very funny. When he and I are the only ones in the car. And this is a conversation. Is that car going that way, Mama? I'm like, yep, that car's going that way. <gasps> that car is going that way, Mama. I'm like, mm-hmm. He's like, our car's going this way, Mama? And I'm like, yep, our car's going this way. He goes, yay! Yay! <laughs> our car's going this way, Mama. Our car's going this way. And I'm like, it is going this way. We're going this way in our car. We're doing it. And then it's like, is our car going to school, Mama? And I'm like, yep, we're driving to school. You're driving our car, Mama? It's like, yes, I am driving our cars. Yay! You're driving our car to school, Mama. And then yep. by the time that I get to the end of the day, I feel like I've been... I've talked it out. Yeah. I have talked mm-hmm. it all out. Mm-hmm. And Moses is a big narrator right now in all times. So my life is narrated consistently. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It but is. you it's see awesome. how you run out of sparkling wit after. <laughs> <laughs> after you run out of gas, you run out of sparkling wit. I think it just gets used before anyone else has access to it. <laughs> Uh, the depths have been plumbed. Uh, so pretty much, pretty yeah. too much. Anyway, so moving on. Mm-hmm. It's a new day, a new episode, new thought. Okay. New. Are you about all to have the one? Things. Well, here's the thing. Uh, yesterday, I did my best. I brought out some subjects. You gave me the flat face emoticon. So. So tell me one of them now, and let's see how no, I feel. I you. I think this is getting unwholesomely blamey. Oh, maybe. We might have pulled out a blame or two. But why did you just had something? You were just talking about it. We had to go get gas, everyone in my car, because she was worried. What would be not good would be to run out twice in one episode. Dual running out of gas. So, anyway, we went, we got gas, and while we were driving. So, you wanted to know what I was going to talk about. You were talking about something, and you said you had. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Okay, but whatever, we'll I'm bringing again. it up. Bring it up now. And I, if I recall, since we're getting into blaming, mm, good. when I earlier Please. said, when I said we should talk about this, you said, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why well, I didn't bring it up. I'll give my flat face and you talk about it. <laughs> so what it was, was it a, the thing that we tell our children, I think I've said this on here before, but I think it's worth exploring. Okay. Is that... 
you have to first be really good at being bad at things. Okay. So step one. Because, as I tell them, if you're bad at being bad at things, even when you get good at it, you'll still be bad at it. No, it's not the truth. So the the point is, we want to be good at being bad, and then we'll be good at being good at something. So unpack what you mean by... Well, it could be any that. any area, but like in general, like just it's a good sportsmanship kind of a thing like you need to be good at being bad at a new thing that you're trying so one thing that Luke and I think is really funny is whenever so like um this was a couple years ago we we put a four square thing in our driveway and we started playing four square with the kids okay and it was amazing because we didn't know how many kids there were in our neighborhood oh but they came from everywhere by hill and by land and by sea they came to us and it was the attraction of parents playing a game with the kids okay like it was a lot of hubbub but every time it's like a new sport or a new thing it's a whole new palette of temptations for everyone oh for sure so we would be like okay so now we taught you to play foursquare and you are all enjoying it and now we have to face head on all of the temptations that come with foursquare which you didn't even know you had. Of no. Be, of claiming it was two on the line for uh-huh. much longer than anyone should claim that. <laughs> or, you know, those sorts of things. Oh, yeah. You know, like whatever things. Or somebody getting teary when they got out, when well, they were okay. almost to the... So we had, like, a lot of of funny new things to deal with. But... We, I mean, not just with that, just with anything. I just mean something new comes up, and it is really, really easy to be bad at being bad at it. Well, one random example is I remember when Knox was little, so just starting to walk or whatever, and we'd been already working on being tough with him. So uh-huh. if you fall down and whack your head, you know, we would let him cry, but then it's like, okay, time to blow it out, time to suck yeah. it up. You're going to be done. You know, so we'd been working on that. And he'd actually gotten really pretty good at it. It's like he'd yeah. fall, whack himself, get bruised, conked, whatever. And he was doing pretty good at blowing it out. And I remember the first time that he fell down outside on the sidewalk and oh, yeah. skinned his and knee got or his blood. elbow. Got blood Totally from different kind of pain. And it was a full, like, meltdown. And it was so funny because I was like, what are you, what's happening? Like, he's really been good at being tough, but yeah. it's a totally, it's a different kind of pain, and you have to well, deal with that. Well, and actually, my kids, I've, I always notice it with the first time they get a burn. Because oh. it's the one that doesn't stop annoying you. Yeah. Like, it keeps on hurting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, the... My, my, different kinds but, of pain, different kinds of trials. Right. It's like anything. You have to be good at being bad at something. Like, the fact that you don't know how to do it, or you don't know how to... Whatever. Mm-hmm. But it applies in all of life. It's like having a good attitude about being a beginner. Yeah. Is a thing that... Because you have to cope with embarrassment or patience or or like should I or, or I think of I think of like you're just had a your ba- a first baby and you're like you don't know what you're doing you have to be good at being bad at it like meaning you're learning quickly from your mistakes you're you're being joyful in the Lord when you don't understand what you know like mm-hmm. you you are being good at uh, it and it helps so much but I think there's a ton of things in the Christian life or just in your life like if you think okay I need to be feeding my family but I've never thought I was a good cook 
And sure. it's like or hospitality, sort of like you have to be willing to just jump in. You have well take the plunge. You have to be good at being bad at it. Yeah. And one of the things that I will say, I am, I have done a lot of hospitality in in my life. And I am not a beginner on that front. It's not like, oh, this is something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. But it is got to be like more than 50% of the time that I am trying to not apologize about something or be <laughs> like, like the yeah. amount of time that I am really pleased with how everything came together yeah. is very marginal. Like, oh, yeah. marginal, marginal. And I think... But I just mean I I am experienced, but I you could still be. I don't. I guess I. Just, I think the thing is, if you ever got to the point where you could just smugly rest on your laurels, then you're you'd not be listening. insufferable. But you're not listening to, then to what God wants you doing. Yeah, because like hopefully you're pushing a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. Right. And every time you're like, wow, that was a wobble. Woo. That was Woo, close. Oh, okay. I'm not going to try that again. All right. You know, like you just keep, or sometimes it's just not coming together in time and you're like, Oh, well, snap. There oh, yeah. you go. That's what I did. Oh, yeah. Did well, that. The freshmen who are currently at my house, they are long suffering because there have been several nights where we're like, well, the bread's being weird. We're going to throw that away. Knox is running to the store. He'll be back with French bread shortly, so everybody hang tight. You know, like, I can't remember what the bread did. It was, like, soupy inside or something. It was some weird bread fiasco. And it's like, you just have to just life take that's a few deal. smooths with the rough. But I think that's the thing is that that's being, that's being good at being bad at it. Yeah. In such a way that when it's all coming together, you won't be inseparable. Yeah. Cause like, because, because you know that there's, there's real no. life out there. People there's... who are smug about their own accomplishments. It's not good. No. And I think I always think of Chloe. She was couple years ago but it was just so funny it was such a vivid moment and I always think of needing to channel her energy in this moment I was bathing someone in the tub and (laughs) she came in and somehow leaned on the shower curtain or some something (laughs) the shower curtain rod fell on my head and it was like a lightweight one but you know how they always have springs in them so it makes an amazing noise when Mm -hmm. it bonks you on the head yeah did not hurt me but there were metal sliding hooks on on it so they all leapt off of it as it crashed and scattered on the tile floor so it was an incredible noise yeah and surprise like just (laughs) this like loud and i was just there on my knees (laughs) And I looked at her, and she's this cute little thing, and she tugs her hair behind her ears and says, well, that happened. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like Uh this shazam of like all this noise and crack on the head and crazy. And And the thing is, like, like, it's always the most unexpected weird problem that's going to hit you because... Oh, man, one time really early in our marriage, like, I don't know if we had any kids yet or if it was just right. It was when having two people to dinner seemed like a big thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it was two, maybe three people that we were having to dinner. I was making artichokes 
steaming them and I didn't have a steamer and somehow my pot it was not big enough um to have the lid all the way on and you kind of need the lid on for the steaming action because it was like the, the artichokes. Pot, what kind of a life were you living where yeah. you didn't have a pot big enough it was for like four five, artichokes? It was like five <laughs> artichokes or something. And it seemed like a big pot at the time, but you know. Yeah. But anyway, then it didn't quite, like it would mound it up too high or something. And um, oh, I think, no, we were having four or five people to dinner. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I had this big, heavy earthenware mixing bowl, like a big, heavy one that was kind of got, had that like fleckily paint on the outside, yeah. you know? And so I was like, oh, I'll just turn that over on top of the stock pot as a lid so that it was big and domed. Clever. And so I had that and it was like, everyone was there in the living room and I went in to check on the artichokes and I grabbed my pot holders and I had one mitt on my left hand and then just a pot holder in my right hand. And I picked up that, oh. that bowl and my fingers on the right, like, uh, went inside the bowl because I was not thinking about the steam. I was only yeah. thinking about just fried, just fried my hands oh. so hardcore. And I flung the bowl, like, really high and far. <laughs> and and then managed to catch it. Like, I threw the thing up and then I managed to catch it, set it down. And I had, like, scorched the skin off of, like, uh. all my fingers and the back of my hand. You know, like, not the whole yeah. back, but a good yeah. bit of it. And um, so I kind of run it under cold water for a minute, which I think is not what you're supposed to do. But anyway, it, like, it was a bad, bad burn. So then I kind of went out in the living room, and I was like, hey, hey Ben, can I, could you come here for just one second? Because I might be bad to pass just, out yeah. in the kitchen. And he comes in, and I was seriously, like, I was getting, like, weird, like, lightheaded and whoopy yeah. and strange. And all through dinner, I was like, I couldn't. And I didn't say anything to anybody about this ridiculous burn on my hand. And I'd be like, oh, I'll just be back. And I had to, like, go lay down on the bed because I was getting, like, queasy. Like, it was, <laughs> it was really bad. And I didn't mention it at all. And I ate with my left hand through, like, the whole dinner. And then, I mean, it was horrid. And then I had to go, like, into the doctor, and they had to do this awful burn control on my hand. It was terrible. (laughs) But, like, it was a hardcore burn. But anyway, I'm just saying, it's never the thing you planned on being the the hospitality hurdle that you've got to get over. So when um, Piper came for Grace Agenda, and Mom, we were having having a big Sabbath dinner at Mom's house with uh, the Piper Piper and and the Chester's from England and there were a lot of other people so it was a big dinner big dinner yeah and mom got sick she She got got her like she got her like weird inner ear yeah Yeah. she got like a vertigo she couldn't even which she'd like never had before got like super it was some kind of I feel like it was a viral related thing because she was whatever but she couldn't even deal no couldn't even stand up she had prepared enough in advance that she (laughs) she asked us Luke and I, we just came, or you know, we came over to try to kind of help get dinner on the on the table and get everything going. Um, but that was a little bit of chaos because we had this was a couple years ago, so we had it must have been Shad who was really little, but yeah. we it was like you know we had all, a bunch of little yeah. kids and oh, yeah. there were a lot of people and we were hoofing and around trying to throw together somebody else's <laughs> dinner party. <laughs> And, uh, but while, you know, like leaving, (laughs) I just remember this moment was so good while leaving like Shad in the high chair, you know, with a roll, Luke and I are like running around trying Mm -hmm. to gather up the neck, you know, whatever. 
blasting off. I don't even know uh-huh. what we ate, but it was a funny time. And we yeah. were like, look, come do this. And then I'll run over here. And then we're like, kids, don't stop. Sit down. You know, whatever. Yeah. It was chaotic. Where we were seated, um, Bill and Diane Garraway were there. And and Diane was telling um, Mrs. Chester, her first name, I can't remember her name, but she was telling her about her kids being surfers. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the Chesters are from England and had lovely accents. But, but Luke and I were not tracking with the full conversation. <laughs> not at all. Because we were like running upstairs to, you sure. know, whatever, come back down. Well, Luke comes and sits down and, and he's been there for nothing up until, you know, like missed it all. And Mrs. Chester just t- <laughs> turns to him and says, I'm, I can't possibly imitate her accent, but it did sound exactly like she said, are you a server? Because she said, <laughs> she said, are you a surfer? But, but he didn't know we were talking about surfing and he had missed that entire intro. So he just comes out and sits down and she looked at him and says, and are you a server? <laughs> and bless him. He said, yes, what can I get for you? (laughs) And you think she's like, what is wrong with this guy? (laughs) I say, are you a surfer and he's offering me drinks? That's awesome. (laughs) Anyways, it took us a little while to get out of that one, but I did, but I did love it so much that it was like, yes, well, I guess I am. I am. I am a surfer. That's what I'm doing oh, here. That's funny. Yes. Anyway, but, but mom, meanwhile, was just sick in her bed. Her back. Yeah. yeah, not fun. Yeah, but I just think you're right about like having to just kind of wade into it and be okay with not being necessarily the A plus plus. No, but I all think the times. No, but see, this is the thing that I think is I think it's a really practical and ongoing way to be offering your life to the Lord. But also because. Not- Every time you have another chance to be like, this is not about me. But it's also continuing to aim for the A+. Because the, I really dislike the people that decide whatever C- minus is all that we any of us ever aspire to. And then shuffle around and right, don't but, ever... And they talk about being transparent and authentic. I actually think it's more that if you're if you're doing as much with your life as I hope you are, that we should be maxed out most of our life. Mm-hmm. And but I that's mean, what I mean about shooting for I mean, we've talked about this. I mean by okay maxed out... with not hitting it. Yeah, but the A-plus is in more categories than dinner party execution. Uh-huh. It's like... How kind you were to everyone. How yeah. much you did not exactly. snip and whip at your husband about something <laughs> before the event. How well you handled it when someone said something rude to you or yeah. did something. You know, like how well you, you know, just there's uh-huh. a lot of factors. Yeah. But I think it's an ongoing way to know because there's a deadline. People show up. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, here it goes. Here it goes. This is as close as I'm getting to, you know, whatever. Here it is. I just think it's a good ongoing way to be, um, you know, to be offering your work to the Lord. Because you have to not care about yourself in it. Yeah. And I guess the thing you're probably leaning against is people who care 
about themselves not trying like they like there's where where it turns too cool for school no it becomes a kind of smug attitude that i don't try it's a way of making yourself superior to the people who yeah but it's being too cool for school it's like i can't try hard i would never it's like the kid who starts bragging about getting the worst grade in the class yeah you know those kids um i think that there is a funky tendency among women to do that very thing where it's like Enough not, with it's this just like, I'm not one of those yeah, kinds of ladies. I'm one of these people that you might just come over and I don't know. Me. I kind of joke about the, my decorating style. I say is family realism. And I'm just like, okay. But I think it's because I've had to find a place that, like, I like design. Mm-hmm. But I like my family more than I like design. Mm-hmm. And you just need to make do with what you have and can you know, like, it, like the way that I make our home look is not about my design portfolio. It is about how are you doing with what you can do with what you have with how you try but to I bless think, people I around you. I think all you're saying, and I'm saying both, is you have to figure out where your temptation is and where your, where your tendency is. And you have to learn how to lean against letting yourself just gallop down whatever path is easiest for you, you know, and there's some people who have so much pride and vanity wrapped up in the way their house looks that actually they need to lean against that. They need to be willing to sacrifice. Willing to have people come over when it's not, but there's other people who actually tend more on the lazy spectrum of not caring, not trying and, and, what they might need to be doing is leaning against that part. And so I just think that it's a matter of of seeing where your own weaknesses and where your own temptations are and really trying to struggle against it, you know? Because yeah, I don't think that there's one sort of... I don't know. I think wherever you are, there's it's not the same... Like, I think I don't struggle with things that I used to struggle with. Now it's just a... Now it's like what I'm talking about design. That back in the olden days when I really thought I was into design, mm-hmm. when I was in it in a different way than I am now, I was in it as a person who could turn all all the right lights and nobody was messing it up. Right. It was just my space. Right. And I liked that. And so God, it was a very sanctifying journey for me to not be able to do that in my life. Like to not be right. able to have everything the way that I wanted, like, and still be being a decent human yeah. and mother. So that was, a, just saying, that was sanctifying. Now I don't even feel like that's even on my radar of things that I'm sure. Cause it's a different, it's a whole other but set. But I'm of, just saying God sandpapers, different corners on all of us. Cause we're all different. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We're differently jagged. And so some people who prefer to live life, Kind well, of you could give yourself a test. A crummy test laundry be, pile. A test would be like, what is the worst case scenario for you? Like, and is it people seeing that you have some unfolded laundry? Right. It's like worst ever. Or is it people, having to fold the laundry? Or is it, or <laughs> is it people knowing that you tried to make a beautiful tart? Like, right. we wouldn't want anyone to know that I did that. That would be right. so embarrassing. Or right. or if they thought I cared about the food, yep. they would make fun of me. And then they would... You know, like, mm-hmm. there's, there, it's all different for everybody. But 
I guess I just think that whatever you know you're called to do, like if it's feeding people, if it's hospitality, if it is just whatever, be good at being bad at it first. Yep. Like just start out with practicing that skill. And while you're being good at being bad at it, work on getting good at it. Yeah, because you have a lot of opportunities. And you have to just be reasonable about what it takes to actually learn learned skills. Yeah. Like, you're not... They don't happen overnight. Yeah. Well, I feel like... I like a view in my... <laughs> we're looking in at Rachel's house and Shadrach is throwing things in the house. It's very cute. There was, a, there was a Christmas in my life where I really wanted to start smoking. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Are we going over time? Mm-hmm. Probably. Are we? Should we stop talking? Yeah, we should stop talking. This is reminding me of it because it was a very, very, very intense time because the twins were like a month old and um, a lot of family came to town, which is great, but we had this little house and it had a breakfast nook with a big window in it and some of the aunts and uncles pooled their resources and gave the kids a bouncy castle. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I remember actually walking out the front of the house. It was in a moment where I probably felt like what I really needed in life was a cigarette. I never had <laughs> smoked. And I don't, it was just that, that, that was a season where it was so intense. And I kept seeing people just out on their front porches by themselves uh-huh. smoking. And I'd just be like, yes. <laughs> I was like. That is what I'm missing. <laughs> this this solitude uh, moment. So I didn't ever do it. I knew enough to know I didn't want to start that hobby. Everyone, good news. Just, you should know I didn't start that. But <laughs> I did think of it often. <laughs> and, but I, I it was a moment like this because it was snowy and the windows were all lit up like this. You know, like where the lights mm-hmm. are on inside. And it was a bouncy castle. And you could just see these wild toddler static heads <laughs> jumping in the window mm-hmm. and I was outside in the solitude in the cold snow being like where is my cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I really need. It's when she took to knitting, guys. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> Not really. I was already... I, it was around the ballpark at the same time, though. Mm. That I was really That's getting funny. into the knitting. But, yeah. Well, I should go probably clean up my soup night, and you have things to do. And I do. I have I'm a webinar town in the morning. tomorrow on a quick trip, so I need to pack and stuff. Yeah, so fair anyway, you all well. Guys, next week we'll just try harder to We're gonna be. We're going to see if we can get enough energy. A little and bit gas. gas. We're going to try and be a little bit more. <laughs> Try harder to be more organized, guys. Goodbye. Slap happy.
a 2009 graduate of New St. Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager. Three kids at Logos, one at home still, and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.